It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome in for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. Today is Friday, May 12th, and what a Friday it is. Um, <laughs> I mean, first things first, Wayne, how are you feeling after a uh, ridiculous game six last night? Can I explain my last night in 30 seconds or less? Yes. I'm at a gig. I didn't want to be there. Uh, the singer knew that I didn't want to be there. In fact, he and the microphone told the audience that I did not want to be there. And they saw I was dressed. I was decked out. I had the I had the, the new fresh jersey 2023 edition with the dark green hunter green and, and, the, and the gold standing out. I did not want to be there. And I knew why. It was game six and I needed to be home. So when I needed to channel in my inner talk to the team, because I knew I was going to have to I was going to have to have a conversation. I knew at some point I was going to have to have a conversation with our guys. So. I want to give a huge shout out to my mentor, my singer, Timmy Maya, for stopping the show once the Celtics started losing. He stopped the show. He says, wait a minute. I got to let Breezy. He, he's got to talk to his team. He's got to fight. I got I got it. We got to take a pause. We'll be back. We stopped the show for a good minute, bro. Watch that fourth quarter and I had I had a quick sight with Jason Tatum. I said, listen, son, you're too good. You're too good. I can call him son because I'm 42. I said, son, you're too good for this. You got to figure it out. And lo and behold, we won the game because of Jason Tatum. I will say this. I'm feeling, I'm actually feeling confident about the next game on Sunday, on Mother's Day. I'm feeling really confident. I felt like this is how the Celtics map this shit out that i'm sorry if i wasn't supposed to curse i felt like this was a no, map no, it's out. too late cats out that, of the bag bam <laughs> th this is what it was tim so i'm feeling good i'm hoping you're feeling good and i hope we have a great show for everybody out there welcome to vitamin c's <laughs> i feel i feel good i feel stunned flummoxed flabbergasted all of the words that uh sum up confusion just because i think going into game six you hope that they could take it and I think a lot of people looking at last playoff run said well they did the same exact thing to Milwaukee they went into Milwaukee and took that game but the vibe and the energy of this team going into that game six felt bad it was bad it felt bad like they had a really terrible game five didn't show up at all Jason Tatum had back-to-back -back games where he stunk it up 
uh, for the early going. And it was the same thing for game six. You know, you sat through three quarters. Uh, it was bad. The first half, he was 0-10 from the field. One point on a single free throw. I believe it was the technical that got called on Joel Embiid, I want to say. And he made one single free th- or one single uh, field goal throughout the entirety of those first three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, I told you before we hopped on, I was like straight up like Joker laughing. Like that that was my origin, like my villain origin story. That fourth quarter from Jason Tatum, four or eight from the field, four or five from three. He hit the first one and I was like, don't do this to me. And he then like it. literally with like 30 seconds, 30 seconds later, he hit a second one to hit back to back three pointers and caused the timeout. And I was like, you no, he's not going to do this. He's not going to do this. And he did. And insane fourth quarter performance. I, I just paced the whole team. 16 points, four or four from the line, four or five from three, two rebounds, a steal, single turnover, plus 11 on that quarter. The sole reason why they won that game, but also like one of the main reasons why they weren't able to put this game to bed. The fact of the matter is, is that the Celtics somehow won this game. They somehow won this game. Philly had all of the momentum. They had home court. They had the whole crowd behind them. And they still lost. So if you're Philly, and I agree, I agree with you. Going into game seven on Sunday, if I'm the Celtics, one, I'm immensely more confident. Two, you're taking a long, hard look at Jason Tatum and saying, hey, man, you can't you can't have another game like this. And he knows this. He said as much in his post game, like, I don't want to ever do. I don't want to go through this shit again. I never want to play like this again. That's that's devastating. If you're Philly, you had a chance to put this away to send yourself to the conference finals for the first time. But they messed eons up. at this point. They they totally screwed up. And you know what Joe Embiid said in his like freaking post game was like, well, I didn't really like get the ball at all in the fourth. That's not the reason why you lost, dude. You didn't <laughs> lose it in the last four minutes. You you lost it when you didn't take advantage of Jason Tatum having an absolute horrendous game the first three quarters. That's that's bad. And I'll give Joe before I pass it over. I want to give Joe credit for this. Putting Robin double big, double big. It did it, man. The we, defense we, just came back. It's the second second I, time this season that they've held a team to under ninety points. Both times happened in this series against the 76ers. It's common sense. We it's we've crazy, been saying man. it. Crazy. We've been saying it. Listen, I love Derek White. I love what he brought to the team when they had when they stopped going with the double big due to Rob Williams injury and the fact that you wanted to keep Rob Williams fresh. F fresh. Pump it. It's the playoffs. It's what it's winter go home. We need to start the game double big. Let Derek White come off the bench when their uh, situation is a little different on their defensive side. They got to make their subs. I think Derek will cook better in that type of situation. I know I'm animated right now. People, turn your volume down because I couldn't figure I'll out. Justin Post, it's fine. <laughs> it's, listen, I'm telling you. I, like it, it's been making sense for the past three games. We couldn't figure them out, and yeah, a couple of the games we lost were by one point, four points, whatever, close games. But that last game, and I know we should be celebrating this victory, and we will. But it's hard to celebrate a victory when you win when your best player just start. He was terrible, I but don't he know what finished it is. strong. Do you go? Do we go off of that? 
Double Biggs is first first and foremost, that's got to be the adjustment of the year, uh, adjustment of the playoffs, excuse me, for Joe Mazzula. Like, that has to be the adjustment. And everybody that I know that probably don't even know what the hell that means was asking for Double Biggs. It, it just made sense. It was less work on Al Horford from a defensive perspective. He can focus on playing the type of defense that he's been doing. They forgot Al Horford is getting up there in age. Maybe we're the only ones that realize he got some gray hairs and some ball spots gone dangling in his head or whatever. Whatnot. <laughs> Not a shot at you, Al. It's just part of the game. It's part of the game. I got mine too, see? But my, my point is it made sense to do the double big. I don't know if they're going to try to... I don't know if they're going to start the game the same way just to see if they can get their guys cooking. Uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, I thought had weird nights. Marcus Smart, to me, was the MVP. I think he was the best player on the floor for the Celtics. He might have been the best player in the whole game. For the game. I mean, you look around, the only one that came close to was probably Embiid. But even then, like... Marcus was huge. 8 of 15, 3 of 8 from the field, 3 of 4 from the line, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 3 turnovers. But 22 points, he led the team in scoring. Uh, I, I just, uh, plus 18. Plus 18. The yeah, only other the player that had that was Rob. And Rob was also phenomenal. When you talk about how he played, he was massive in that first quarter because you saw them do this a lot, where... Again, this is what he offers is he offers that lob threat, right? He it gives you a safety valve on offense, which right now with the Celtics offense still struggling, um, the fact that they managed to win this game, I still am not, I'm still even just like 12, 24 hours after it happens, I'm still reeling from the fact that they managed to do that. And I, oof, I just can't I, imagine how they do it again. I think, I think you feel... I think with the way you feel is very normal. And I think everybody's feeling the same way. I think we're, I think the question, how did we win this game? Number one, we out-rebounded them. I, I never thought we can out-rebound the team in my entire life. Like, I, I didn't think that could happen uh, in this particular game. They out-rebounded the 76ers something. And the 76ers weren't hitting their shots either, finally. Because they had a night where they just couldn't miss. And I'm saying, finally, they look normal, right? They look like their normal, their normal selves, where they're just not hitting a bunch of shots. Uh, things that we need to address and fix. Got to stop leaving the wide open guy. I, a wide open shooter taking wide open shots. Imagine if they hit those shots, though, Tim. Like, imagine if those wide open shooters on Philly hit those shots. We would be happy. We would be saying farewell to the Boston Celtics. Because they had too yeah. many looks for open threes. I thought Malcolm Brogdon has been the most consistent player in this series. Um, and Marcus Smart has been like, uh, he's just been the guy. And whatever he's doing, don't stop. Don't change it. I don't care about him shooting threes anymore because when he's hot, he's hot. And when he's off, he he knows when to stop now and and take and make a play you know turnovers are still a big thing for me though tim i i, I felt like we still had 17 two, that's it was ridiculous, it was bro. like it was like a, a high for the playoffs i think <laughs> 17 I just, to 11 tim i mean this just it was just bad and it was a lot of sloppy stuff too right so like i think if you do look at this game that's the one thing you focus on i mean Jalen and malcolm 
and Tatum. Tatum had some really bad ones early on. It happened a couple times with Jalen too, where it, both of those guys, where they would go up, they would go ready for a play, and, and they would scramble and panic in that moment. So I will give Philly a lot of credit for that. Like they've done a good job at trying to scramble the Jays, um, specifically being ready to have a second defender come in and pinch. And they're getting them to jump into the air. Jalen's guilty of this a lot, where he'll jump into the air looking for either a shot or something. And when it's not there, he'll pass the ball out. And sometimes it's just like there's just a defender waiting there to to take it. And so you got to cut back on those. And you can't expect them to play like this again and win. So the Celtics really need to focus on that. But I will say despite the rough offensive performance, it's everything else that they did that won the game. Big ups on the rebounding, 50 to 38. That's a big deal. Um, Shutting down Philly's offense in terms of how they were operating, um, they didn't have as many turnovers, like you said, 11, but the two guys who had the most were Joel Embiid with four and James Harden with five. And granted, dudes still have five or uh, nine assists, uh, three steals, (laughs) but like he shot four or 16 and he was always six from three. So you got to do that again. I think they did the right thing there in taking James Harden out of the equation on offense. Yes. Tyrese Maxey still had a pretty solid night. Um, not stellar shooting, but still good. And I can't really critique his shooting when you look at Tatum's. Uh, but overall, <laughs> you know, like I think James Harden is the key for this offense to work. It's true though. Like, like, it, okay. So like, it was a really, it was a really inspiring game. It was shocking. Jason Tatum shows up in the fourth quarter. It was fantastic. You Tatum knows this. The team knows this. The odds of you being able to replicate that performance and winning game seven, I, I would not be a betting man and take those odds. You I'm, do want to, I'm scared because I'm scared if he does that, but I think they're gonna win. Like I think they're gonna oh, yeah, win because I right. don't think Tatum's gonna start like that again. I just don't see it. But the thing is, though, Tim, that he's been consistently trending downward. Though, can you go any more down than that? I think that fourth quarter is gonna change everything. I, I, think, I think that so fourth. I think that fourth I, quarter just put a bunch of air in his tires because he had. Look, I think if you look at it that way, I think. Those two games going into that third game, going into that game six, where he had the same exact ice cold start, like 0-5, 0-6 to start in the first quarter. And then you have that fourth quarter performance. I think that just that is that's I the think ignition. Change. That's the ignition. That's the yeah. change. Like that's that's the starting point. So it, if Tatum doesn't force it to start game game seven, I think that they're gonna be in a better spot. And I don't think <laughs> You said that's force it. it. You can't you force said it. force it. I feel like that's what Tatum is doing. Hey, Tatum, if he just moves the ball, here's the thing about Jason Tatum. He's the best player on the court, period. I, 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 arguably with Embiid. But for the Celtics, in my opinion, best player, skill set on the court. If you just move the ball, nine times out of ten, it'll come back to you with six or seven seconds on that clock. Sometimes I feel like Tatum is trying to just get to the rim, get the easy basket, but it's between three defenders. I mean, Philly is closing down there really quickly. So the moment you think you got Embiid beat, you don't. He's closing out. He's blocking your shots. That ain't it, Tatum. Mm-hmm. So if you know, because Tatum is probably, I tell you what, Tatum has the highest IQ out there on the court. So instead of being young, Tatum, and forcing it, I would like to see Tatum try or, or run somebody down there with him 
so that he can kick that ball out to the side. Like, have somebody trailing to a corner. And guess what? They're doubling and tripling him, too. So that means there's two to three guys, two, one to two guys wide open. So if Tatum can get that clear lane to get the ball to the outside, I'll let, let Marcus Smart shoot that shot every single time. I don't care if he missed. Let him shoot that shot. And here's the issue. It's not just Tatum. They need more from Al Horford. But for some reason, he... Those are your two. You're missing points from those two got threes on top of that. And that's yeah. why the Celtics are struggling. And that's that's the issue. So we got to figure out how to keep giving them great looks. And I'm hoping in the beginning of this game, like Al Horford hits his first three and Tatum hits his first three. Yeah. And then they don't stop shooting. Because once they get on, there's no way you beat the Celtics. When the Celtics are on, you can't beat them. Because it's forcing the other team to match that. Yeah. And I will say this, I think their guard rotation is what really stepped up. You look at you look at Smart, you look at White, you look at Brogdon. You know, for all of the the the, the stuff we've kind of thrown at Derek White in terms of not performing up to what he was doing during the regular season or even during that Hawks series, um, he did come through in this game. Um, I think he was a massive help off the bench. Um, granted, like not a stellar plus minus, but I think he also, again, you're throwing both him and Brogdon at James Harden, and that's a tough matchup. So, like, I think there's things here and there that you want more from Derek White on. But, you know, 20 minutes, 3 of 6 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. So, like, you can't scoff at that. And Malcolm Brogdon, big plus on offense, 6 of 11, 4 of 6 from 3. Uh, he's not going to ever be, like, a true point guard off the bench, but he's a guy who's going to go get you buckets, and he's not afraid to take those shots. And he had a couple big swing three-pointers. Yes, he had a sir. couple late in game that, like, you hit one and you took like a sigh of relief. Like he hit like one big three and I was like, oh, like thank Christ that went in. Like, thank God. You needed like one of those. He has he has a few of those every single game where like you feel like Philly's about to pull away or it happened in the Atlanta series too where you felt the opponent pulling away and he manages to hit a three to keep it close or to, you know, take a one or two point lead. The one thing I do want to say too is that I don't know if you saw Marcus Smart's comments because it ties into Joe's situation to, you know, play Rob instead of making that decision. Do share. Well, he kind of sort of threw a little shade Joe's way, but also was praising him. It was like a backhanded compliment Good. where he said Joe's learning. Um, and, you know, said Joe's been criticized and rightfully so. So ah. I think that's an interesting little tidbit. I think he was smart was, as he phrased it, ecstatic that Rob was getting the start. So, in my mind, I think that it's good that there's a little bit of heat being thrown each way because I think I think in order for Joe to learn, he needs to go through this hardship. For I think sure. that there's an element of just learning. And I think as much as – I think they talked about it earlier in the season. I remember talking about we want Rob to start. like We want Rob to be a starter. Our team is better. We feel like we're at our best when we have Rob in the starting lineup. It's and time. It, it, I think it's a matchup based, right? Like I feel like that – you have to make the best decision for your team in the given moment based on what you're going against. And we just knew after a few games in a row now that the lineup with Derek White starting out there, it, it wasn't working. You needed to throw Rob in the mix. So it's just interesting to me to look at that and look at the situation in terms of how Marcus Smart was, was talking about Joe in, in speaking in postgame. Like, there's an element of fire to this team. Like they kind of took the keys out of Joe's hand there for a second and said, like, we're going to go win this stuff. Here's why I'm not against that. I mean, you're talking to the most tenured player on the Celtic Celtics, right? You're talking to, to me, a captain, a team leader, 
a guy that they look up to. You still got a bunch of young guys up there, even though Tatum might be the best player and Jalen Brown might be the best finisher or whatever, however you want to 1A, 1B, whatever. We got all this great talent. Rob is the best rim threat we got. Like we have to, it's, it's, I'm glad that the, the, the leader, the captain of this team spoke up and said something that could light a little bit of fire under Joe. And if Joe wants to take that out on him, then that means Joe's not about this team. See, this team needs to be, they need to get back to what they are. They've been here. They've, these players, Tatum, Horford, uh, Rob, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, even Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon is new, but those guys have been here. They were here last year, same situation, different team. They've dealt with adversity. Joe hasn't. And so I don't know about the learning and the playoffs thing, uh, but you have to be able to quickly adjust if you're going to be a great NBA coach. And for Joe Mazzula, I know he's a baby at coaching. Uh, he's even a baby as a man and a coach in the league. But at the end of the day, listen to your players, man. Like, these guys have been here. Why not trust them? Why not? They know Philly better than anybody. Them players that I mentioned, they know this team. They know how to get in and beat's head. I thought it should have been a double technical on Embiid. He literally was cursing out the ref when he got that tech. Hit him with another one. Why not? So I feel like Marcus Smart, what he said, even though it, it might it might cause a little friction, I thought it was spot on because you've been saying it, I've been saying it, everybody that I know has been saying it, all the other analysts has been saying it, people that don't even watch basketball knows it. Like he's got to just adjust. He's got to figure out a way to adjust. Going double bigs, that's step one. Now let's do it again and then find a way to adjust. There's got to be a player. I'm calling it right now. Grant Williams will get minutes in Game 7, and he will be an intricate part to why the, why the Celtics move forward. Yeah, I think it'll be crucial. I think there's a chance for it just because I want to see how Doc adjusts. And I agree with that. I think a lot of people were saying, Doc Rivers, again, this is a, ch- this is a Doc Rivers legacy game. Good point. In a big way because he was talking about it in postgame. This is how many times has he blown a 3-2 series lead? You had it in Philly. You had a chance to put away the Celtics. You had Jason Tatum, like the stars aligned. Jason Tatum had another stinker for three quarters, and you failed to capitalize on that. That is huge. That's big on the team. I think that's big for the Celtics locker room. That's a massive blow to the 76ers. But for Doc now, how do you handle that mentally? How do you go about adjustments? Like, I want to see if they're going to go out with P.J. Tucker. Is P.J. Tucker going to actually start the game for them again? Or are they going to throw more wrinkles into their starting lineup? Are they going to change their lineup in order to match this double big lineup for the Celtics? And I think the Celtics are going to still run with a double big. Why not? It won you this game. Your defense won you this game, especially because you took James Harden out of the equation. You neutralized their pick and roll a little bit. And it wasn't pretty, but this is how... This team was kind of built before to win games, was to win ugly games with their defense. This is what Ime Odoka preached. For all of the drama and everything that happened with Ime and all of the terrible stuff that went into that and all of the turmoil that led into this season, there are a lot of principles that Ime Odoka had that were good that still need to be instilled. And Joe has to be the one to say it where when the offense isn't there, we need to hang our hat on defense because that's what won in this game. It won him this game, and I think looking at it now, like you're going to have to be ready for whatever counterpunch comes your way on Sunday. But 
it, it, it's gonna you can't hesitate to mix things up. And I think that's why adding Robin was big. I think that is a signal of Joe learning. I, I, I agree with Marcus on that. And it was interesting to see him say that and kind of throw a little shade his way. And then also see, you know, Jason Tatum was saying, you know, oh, like, I, I love and respect Joe. And, like, you know, I love the relationship that we have. And, you know, sometimes sure. you know, he's learning, he's young, you know. And, like, we both are learning. So we always have times where, you know, like, I'll pull him aside and be like, hey, you know, like, I got you, man. Like, I'm in your corner. Like, I got you. So it's good to hear that, especially after all of the love that the players have shown Ime Udoka after leaving. Like, Ime was probably, like, my favorite coach was, like, a line right. that Jason Tatum said. So, like, to, to hear this is good because I don't think that Joe is a problem here with everything going on. I think it's just you're looking at a, a rookie head coach who lost basically his entire staff, right? Because you had Will Hardy go to um, the Utah Jazz as their head coach. You had Joe Missoula go from being an assistant to a head coach. You had Ime Odoka, all of that knowledge going out the window. Then you lost Damon Stoudemire during the right. season. And we talked about this many – at this point now, it's probably been a couple months – but how big of a gap that would be with Damon Stoudemire not being in the mix anymore. It's moments like these where you really miss having those assistant coaches on the sidelines guiding them. So I know that there was rumors that Steven Silas, who just got let go from Houston, um, obviously Emi Odoka took his place, but now Steven Silas is probably going to end up on the Celtics staff. I don't think that's official yet, but something that could happen in the offseason. But that's what they're going to need to do, I think, moving forward, beefing out that you know, assistant coaching staff around him. But right. in the meantime, he's got to turn to his players. And I think this was a great example of it in this game. Turn to your players, trust your guys, and look for their feedback and input because I have to imagine there was some kind of conversation, right? Like, he, J- Joe doesn't come to that conclusion about starting Rob without talking to the guys and seeing what they think is best. Yeah, I think when your backs are against the wall, you know, I, I think you kind of, you know, all right, guys, uh, let's talk, man. This is it, man. It's winter, go home. Uh, what are you guys seeing out there? What's something that we can do? How can we adjust? And I think, you know, the energy, you, you guys forget when Robert Williams starts, the game has a different energy vibe. <laughs> start that motherfucker. Start him at home. <laughs> if you thought the energy vibe was crazy in Philly, wait till he's back in Boston and they see him in that starting lineup. Vibe you get board. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like it, it, it just makes sense. And I'm going to be honest, Doc is not really great at making adjustments. Nope. <laughs> he may throw a wrinkle in there, but here's what the Celtics have to do, must do. Now, I don't expect Tobias Harris to end with two points again, but if you start with this double big lineup, it could change and mess up his trajectory. So there's a possibility that he still becomes a non-factor. So I expect him to score more. I'm going to expect James Harden to give a little bit more output, but again, we got to match it. We got to make sure our guys are doing what they have. You can keep DeAnthony Melton from not like being a ripple in the in their offense. If you can keep him from scoring, Shake Milton may come in. Like he's been using tons of players. He's doubled his roster on his rotation than what we use. Like it's like double. So he's been using tons of players trying to figure things out, try to make this try to throw the Celtics off a little bit. You may get Daniel House. You might get, you know, you know Nang's going to come in and, and try to hit a three or two. So you know these guys are going to come in. Let them start freaking Paul Reed and 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 Joel Embiid. We can just shoot. We can shoot them bigs out of there. I like it. One of them dudes got to defend Al Horford. 
One of them got to defend Al Horford because Al Horford ain't going to be posted down the paint. So I tell you what, you go ahead and not defend Al Horford. That's when his shot will start dropping, and then it'll be a totally different game. I, t- I, I just got a great vibe. Got this good feeling. It's good juju. It's Mother's Day. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm with that, man. I think it, it was – you talk about energy, right? And I think this is a good example of it. I'm sure you saw it. Uh, I've got a piece that I've, I'm going to have dropping probably, if not tonight, tomorrow for Celtics blog um, from Jalen Brown. And this is what he had to say. The energy in the garden has been okay at best. Game seven, if you're there or if you're not there, I need you to be up. I need you to come with the energy because we're going to need every bit of it. As Jalen Brown calling out Celtics fans. To he called the out the fans. He could, well, can, can I add what he's also said, though? He said, since the fans call us out. I okay. like that energy, though. Yes. I like that energy on both counts, right? Because, like, it's twofold. Because, one, the fans sort of, based on some of these performances, they, they, have, no, they have no reason to not boo you, man. <laughs> you, you guys stunk it up in game one. You stunk it up in game five at home in front of them. So, like, you lost two crucial games that if you had won, the series is over. So, I get it. I get that. Yeah, like begrudgingly, like, yeah, all right, that's a point. But also, like, yeah, their energy has been terrible. And I imagine that if you're a Celtics player and you have to deal with all that crap, you're probably not too stoked to have to go back home. And it's like, all right, guys, like, look, it's a game seven. We, we're in a winner-take-all situation. Like, just don't be dicks. Like, cheer us on. Make yeah. it hell for Philly. They do. I, look, I, th- I expect the Garden to be full capacity and rocking. But the players have to do their part. You want the fans to hold you down and to make it really loud and affect and throw Philly off or however, whatever we do for the, the opposing team, mm-hmm. you, you gotta, you, you, you gotta not turn over the ball 55 times. You gotta make the right pass. I know I, there was one turnover Brown had where he slipped and I was just like, shouldn't they That was stop? bad. And yeah. I'm pissed at the refs for that because they didn't stop the clock. They didn't stop to go wipe stuff down. He literally was like, I slipped on this. You look at the replay. I his like, shoe just, we're lucky he didn't get hurt. Get hurt. I'm lucky. Right. I'm like, oh, I was relieved that it was something that he didn't leave the game for and wasn't. To be, to, to be somewhat fair. James Harden did the same thing and they didn't call it either. They should though. Cause I feel like that's like a player. It, it, it's one thing if it's like a breakaway, right. But like the Celtics still had possession on that. Right. One, right. No, so no, like, I agree. I agree should have been you. like, Hey, let's just call a stoppage and just wipe this up just for safety's sake. Cause the last thing you need to do is people getting hurt. I agree 1000% and just give them the ball back. Like you can, they can have the ball, but yeah. at the end of the day, like, I think the I think the refs messed up, and so when it happened to Harden, you got to be consistent. They had to stay yeah, consistent. Yeah, the I one time that they're consistent, it was on a on those slip on the floor plays. But look, man, overall, uh, the Celtics found found a way to pull to pull through, win Game Six, to get it back home. Fans, when you're watching this game, whether you're on TV, if you're going to be at the Garden, bring your great energy. Let's find a way to send that blue and red team back home, backpacking, uh, so they can get on the boat to Cabo or wherever they got to go. Because the <laughs> Celtics are clearly built for this. That That's the one thing I will say. They're built for it. And there's no way that Jason Tatum can be worse than what he was 
And so that's why there's that ceiling, right? There's no way he could be worse than that, even though he finished with 16. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, he closed out with 16 points in that fourth. I just don't see him doing that again. And I agree. I don't see him putting up another night like that in terms of efficiency. So, But bring it the energy. I think that's what we're general messages to everybody, including Jason Tatum. And I expect him to come ready. I think he'll be ready for Game 7. And again, being someone who's gone to a Game 7 in Boston, when the Garden is popping, it's, it is it's popping. popping. So I, I'm expecting the crowd to be rocking. Um, I mean, big Jungle's stars gonna be rocking, gonna be, man. Yo, the <laughs> yo, there's gonna be stars in the building. Like it's gonna be lit, and it's it's exactly. Donovan Mitchell was there too. Really? He was there. Yeah, he was talking with Tatum after the game. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into analyzing that. It is what it is. I'm just gonna say that it happened and that it was there, and well, whatever. <laughs> hmm. I'm I don't hate it. I know that they're boys. I know that him and Jalen are close too. So I, mean. I the the best thing before we get up out of here that I saw was the hug of Brown and Tatum they at the end so of this game. Happy. That so shit pure. made me that. feel like I was about to watch an episode of Care Bears. Like literally, <laughs> it was the perfect hug. It was like yes, and then the, it wasn't just the hug. It was the smiles. Big smiles. That that's the smile of a man who's gonna sign a big old massive two hundred ninety-five yeah. million dollar contract. And he'll be with the Celtics. So great show. Amen to that. We're gonna wrap it up for today. Um, and we'll get back to you regardless, for better or worse, after everything on Sunday. So this has been Vitamin C's. Keep the energy up. Have a good Mother's Day and peace. Happy Mother's Day. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook.